Good morning and welcome to Prayers for Your Day. This is Danita and today is Friday, January the 29th, 2021. As always, we give thanks, honor, and glory to our almighty God because truly God can do anything. That is our declaration. That is what I want you to tell yourself. That's what I want you to tell God. He knows he can do anything, but sometimes you just, you know, you just want to hear it. You know, you, he wants to hear his children tell him, God, you can do anything. If you're a mother or a father, think about when your kids tell you, mommy, daddy, you look beautiful. Mommy, daddy, you can do it. You can do it. When they ask you to open up something that they can't open, it just, it just does something to you. And God is our father. So we just tell God on today, on this Friday, God, you can do anything. Any miracle that you need, God can do it. You need something to be turned around, God can do it. You need something in your life emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, relationally. God can do it. God can do anything. Get that in your spirit. Speak it out in the atmosphere. Wake up saying it. Go throughout your day saying it. Go to bed at night saying it. God, you can do anything. And I believe that God is going to show himself strong in our lives. Why? Because we trust him. Why? Because we have faith. Even if it's the size of a grain of a mustard seed, we have enough faith to say, God, you can do anything. As always, I give thanks to God for you, for what he is doing in your life and in the lives of the people, places, and things you've been praying for, interceding on behalf of, being a financial blessing to, offering words of encouragement. Yes, I give God thanks for you because with you, And through you, God's will in heaven can be done in the earth. It's not that he needs us. It's not that he needs us, but we were made for his glory. We were made for worship. And time and time again, when we read the word of God, we see how God uses his people so that his will would be done in heaven as it is in the earth. So, um, With that being said, on this morning, it's Friday, we do things a little bit differently. Yesterday, I didn't pray because I didn't believe that um, I was being led to do so. But on and on today, we're going to dig into Daniel chapter six. So as you all can tell, we're going to stick with Daniel, y'all, because there are a lot of lessons in Daniel. God speaks to us through his word. It is the living word, meaning that God breathed into it. The Bible says that that he is the living word, but also it teaches us how to live. It is our instruction manual. We can take the principles we can take principles from it. We, we get revelation from it. And this is how we walk our life out. Why? Because God is no respecter of persons and he's the same God. He changes not. And he is perfect in all of his ways. So God's character doesn't change, even though he shows mercy to whom he will show mercy to. And he gives compassion to whom he will give compassion to. So we don't ever want to test him in that. However, he is the same God. 
in Daniel chapter 6, and I'm going to uh, summarize it. So in Daniel chapter 6, um, Darius, which was now the king, because we know from yesterday, Belshazzar did not take heed of the lessons from his dad. And so God did not give him the same grace and mercy that we saw in Daniel chapters one through four, because Bel Belshazzar was only chapter five. So that's how fast God just kind of relieved him of his duties as being king. So that's a reminder to us to pay attention and don't just assume because God is long suffering with someone else that he's going to be as long suffering with us. We don't know that. And so I'm not trying to test daddy. I'm not. So in Daniel chapter six, Darius becomes king. So Daniel has 120 satraps. And those were, um, when I looked it up, th those people were like governors over the land. So 120 of them. And Daniel was in charge of, he was one of three in charge of that group. And he was put in place. And that's why when we talk about, um, you know, Christian people, not being in politics well the bible shows us something differently uh daniel was able to serve under uh men who did not believe in god but daniel was able to show show them our god so let me say that again daniel served under people who did not believe in god but he was able to show them our God. So a lot of times when people say, oh, you serving under that person and they're this way and that way. Know your purpose because you might be assigned to show them our God. That might be why God has you in that position. Even though Daniel was an exile from Judah, he quickly, quickly, uh, uh, he quickly gained um, authority serving under the kings because he continuously showed them our God. So Daniel was over one of many or one of three over these 120 satraps. Okay. So of course, anytime you get position, anytime God promotes you, here comes the haters. Anytime God elevate you financially anytime you start talking differently and you are no longer the same maybe you used to cuss maybe you used to drink maybe you used to smoke weed maybe you used to be out here you know um sleeping around or, or whatever you used to be the key is that's what you used to be but anytime you walk away from that here comes the haters here comes the naysayers here comes those who always want to prove that you are not who God says that you are so in that um the bible says that they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent all right so they couldn't find anything wrong with daniel so what they did is they said that they'll never ever ever get the king basically to charge Daniel with anything unless it has something to do with the law of God. So they knew that Daniel was so devoted, that Daniel was so committed. Daniel was a man of integrity. Remember, he was a man of supernatural wisdom. He had a keen mind. They knew that Daniel was different. And the only way they was going to get Daniel kind of knock him off his square was to tell a lie. So they went and told the king and they didn't they didn't tell the king necessarily a lie but they 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 went to kind of kiss the king's behind they went to kind of uh pump the king up and they said king darius 
live forever. Then they go on to say, O king, issue the decree that anyone who prays to any God or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, that they'll be thrown into the lion's den. So they knew what they were doing. Now, King Darius did not know that they had come with the intentions to set Daniel up. He didn't know that, but they, you know how, and and that's how, that's why we got to watch the enemy. That's why people who are even around you. Now, these were satraps. Now, even though the King Darius had Daniel in position and these people, the satraps were under Daniel and a few others, the King still believed because they were in these positions that they could be trusted. That's why you always have to be careful about who you let get close to you. You always have to be careful about the people who whisper sweet nothings in your ear. I'm a firm believer that if you love me, you'll tell me the truth about me. That if you love me, you'll correct me when I'm wrong in love. That if you'll love me, you'll tell me, um, my, my former first lady used to say, if my slip is hanging, tell me. Now I know women, many women don't wear slips anymore, but it's almost like if I have lipstick on my teeth, Tell me if you see something in my nose, let me know. Don't let me walk around here all day, but be careful about people who always praise you, but they never give you any constructive criticism. I need you to think about that. Be careful about people who always praise you. I'm not talking about people who are always negative. I'm talking about people who always praise you, always tell you how great you are, always tell you this, that, or the other, and they never tell you anything wrong about you because there may be some hidden motives there. That's why we pray increase our level of spiritual discernment, God, so that you can try as best as possible with the Holy Spirit, discern the hearts of those who consider themselves close to you, but yet they never have any constructive criticism. And then ask yourself, do you seek constructive criticism? Anytime I'm in a position and I know I've done something, I always have trusted people that I can go to. I said, now, this is what I've done. This is what I've said. And tell me if I was out of pocket. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. And because I know these people love me enough, they'll say, well, you shouldn't have said that. Or you probably shouldn't have went that far. Or I understand why you did that, but you shouldn't have done that. And I'm mature enough now, I can accept that. So they went there to praise King Darius. So King Darius, he was pumped up. They're telling him, we want you to live forever, you know, King. And unless they come to you, you know, this, that, and the other. So he gets right into it. So he issues the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days who prays to any God or man except to you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? And then, of course, the king said, yeah, you know, the king answered, yes, he did. And basically, nobody can change it. It cannot be repealed because he issued the decree. Remember, the Bible says that if you decree a thing, that it shall be established. 
That's why we make declarations. We make declarations and we decree because a decree is a legal binding. It is a legal binding. And remember, um, when we talk about the Bible, uh, there are legalities involved in the Bible. That's why we have to be careful about what we say and what we put out in the atmosphere. That's why we declare and decree. We make declarations and we decree things because then it's by law. And the word of God says it will be established. So the king responded that. But see, notice when they went to the king again, they never did say, well, Daniel, they never prefaced the conversation with Daniel. They just went straight with, didn't you say? Right. And that's what the enemy does. He comes and he's and he says, didn't you say you didn't like her? Didn't you say that if you got a chance, you were going to, you know, have a drink, get drunk? Didn't you say you were going to? So the devil comes as a reminder, right? He comes as a reminder of what we used to be and 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 who we used to be. That's all that's how I know a lot of times when I'm talking to somebody who used to know me what spirit they're operating in is when they want to remind me of my past. When they want to remind me who I used to be or the things I used to do and I know that I have not been that person for years and they know I've not been that person for years, but the enemy comes as a reminder to what you said, what you used to do, right? To try to get you worked up. In this case, King Darius um, said, yes, that's true. Nothing can change. So then they said to the King Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you or to the decree that you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. And when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Now, I'm going to break this down so you know what to take with you on this week. And then I'm going to pick up and I'm going to do a special Saturday session on the rest of Daniel chapter 6. But I just want to say this to you. The enemy was setting up King Darius for Daniel's perceived downfall. And I say perceived because ultimately we know how this is going to end, but we're just leading up to that. But I want to take you back to Daniel because one of the things that we need to recognize is that Daniel, the word of God says that Daniel did what he would, what he has always done. Daniel was a man of prayer. Daniel prayed three times a day, which tells us that Daniel was in right fellowship with God. Now to my naysayers who may be listening. Well, just because Daniel was praying, that doesn't mean that he was in relationship with God. A lot of people pray and they're not in right relationship with God. But here's the key. We saw Daniel's fruit. We've read about Daniel's fruit. Daniel had supernatural wisdom. Daniel had a keen mind. Daniel was able to not only interpret a dream, but he was able to tell King Nebuchadnezzar his dream. Daniel was a messenger from the Lord. 
So we know or we get a glimpse into how Daniel was able to get the spiritual gifts from God. Daniel wasn't just wise, right? Because again, the Bible tells us that these men called the magicians, the diviners, the astrologers, they called them wise. But with Daniel, they knew that it was even in his wisdom, there was something different about his wisdom than their wisdom. Because they said he has, he has the spirit of God in him. So that they knew of God, even though they didn't accept God as their own God, they knew that there was a God, capital G, in Daniel that was not in the other magicians. So there's, uh, we learned early, there's a different way of looking at wisdom. Some people are just wise because they live, they live long and they've had life experiences. So they can tell you some things, but there's nothing like godly wisdom because in godly wisdom, you see the fruit of what they're telling you, not just that they made a mistake and that they've learned from it. Yeah, that's good. And that's wisdom. But godly wisdom says I've made a mistake. I've learned from it. I'm teaching my children about it. I'm praying about this situation for other people so they don't have to go what I've gone through. So now there's a supernatural wisdom that comes from God that possesses fruit, not only for that person, but for generations. But for generations. So Daniel Goes and does what he has always done. He goes to the upper room. He went home to his upstairs room, to the upper room, which to me signifies the ability to go higher, to go deeper in our prayer life and in our walk with God. He went upstairs. He went up. He went up. And God has called us to go up higher. God can come down, but he's called us to come up. When we know better, we do better. We come up in Christ. We go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. God is calling us up. He's calling us higher and deeper, higher and deeper. So Daniel goes up. And then he goes down. Hallelujah. Higher and deeper. Because when you go deep, you go down. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He goes upstairs where the windows open towards Jerusalem three times a day. And then he got down. So we go higher and we go deeper in our God. Hallelujah. We go higher and we go deeper when we spend time with God. So three times a day, Daniel did this. He went higher and deeper three times a day. Just as he had done before. So this was not new to Daniel. He was not running to God because he was scared. He was running to God because he was in relationship. And when you are in relationship with someone. Then you go to them in the regular. I talk to my children every day. I talk to my parents every day. There are people. There's friends that I talk to Every day, either via text, phone call, something. So it wasn't because he was in trouble. 
I mean, even though he knew what happened because, but the, because the Bible says he had done what he had all, I mean, he did what he had always done. He went to God, but he went to God because he was in relationship with God. Then it says that, and he gave, he said, and giving thanks to his God. So he didn't go to God. Oh God, help me. Oh God. He went, thank you, God. He went giving God thanks and asking for help. He gave God thanks and asking for help, knowing that they was going to come and get him. He, sooner or later, Daniel knew they're going to come and get me because I'm going to continue to do what I've always done. Don't let the enemy knock you off of your prayer post. If you have been called to be a watchman or a watchwoman of God, know that that's what the enemy does. He sends people, he sends situations, he sends things to get you not to do what you've always done, to get you to doubt God, to get you to close your mouth, to get you to go in fear. But we know that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So Daniel goes higher and he goes deeper. He does what he's always done, even in the midst of knowing that his enemies have come for him. Even knowing that sooner or later, what I'm doing is about to be a big deal. But nonetheless, I still give God thanks. Nonetheless, I still trust God. So he goes to God asking God for help. And that only again sets his enemies in motion. So your takeaway for today is number one, recognize your enemy. King Darius didn't want to do what he did, but he let the, the, the enemy get in his ear. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus that God would guard your ear gate. Don't let every woman, if you're a man, don't let every woman get in your ear. If you're a woman, don't let every man get in your ear. Because by listening to that, it sets things in motion. Especially if you're not, if, if you could be in relationship with God even. So I don't want to, I don't want to say if you're not in relationship with God, but if you're in a vulnerable place. Or if you're in a place where, how do I want to say this? Or if you're in a place where, um, hmm, you're not quite sure about the person's motives. Let me put it that way. Then guard your ear gate. One lesson, guard your ear gate. Next lesson is. Don't fear when your enemy, when, when you know your enemy is coming for you. Don't fear. Instead, go to God giving thanks and asking God to do in some situations what only he can do. Because truly when our back is up against the wall, there are some things that only God can do. There are some times when we got to say, God, if you don't heal me, I won't be healed. God, if you don't restore this relationship, it won't be restored. 
God, if you don't take this this money that I have and, and make it more or send a financial breakthrough, then it's not going to happen. That's when your back is up against the wall and you can only depend on God. And I believe that's how God likes it. Because when we start depending on ourselves, pride sets in. And sometimes God has to reel us back in to say, uh-uh, you belong to me. And we have to realize that outside of God, we are nothing and we have nothing. Even if you have everything in the world, aside of God, you have nothing. You have nothing. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. I don't care how, how many men and, and, and women you might have looking at you, whatever. You could be the prettiest, baddest thing out there. Outside of God, you have nothing and you are nothing. Yes, I said it. Because without God, we are nothing. But he can do anything. So continue to do what you've always done. Go to God. Go higher and deeper in him. Give him thanks and ask God for help. And we'll pick up tomorrow for the end of chapter 6. Love you all. Have an awesome Friday. TGIF. Bye-bye.